0: Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. This is Adam. I am joined today by Iowa running back, former Iowa running back, Tavian Banks. Tavian, how's it going today?
1: It's going great, man.
0: Hey, it's an honor to have you. Um, You want to tell everybody a little bit right now um, what one of our favorite all-time Iowa running backs is up to right now, where you're living, what you're doing for work?
1: Uh, I live in the Des Moines area. Um, been here, gosh, now what, four years somewhere. Um, uh, I am a executive director over at the uh, John R. Grubb YMCA um, in in Des Moines um, area. So that's okay. what I'm doing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that the YMCA that's located downtown?
1: Uh there's well, we're a little bit off downtown. So the Walmart is the one that's downtown downtown. Okay. Um, uh, Grub is, is is a little bit yeah it's you know you could say it's downtown but a little bit on the other street of downtown.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um when is we always start from the beginning. Uh I want to talk to you a little bit about your recruiting process coming out of Bentendorf High School. Um mm-hmm. what schools were really after you and um you know what what schools were you considering and what made you end up deciding to become a Hawkeye?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I pretty much could go back then anywhere in the country, um, got letters from every, you know, any, any type of prominent football program, um, you could think of, I was getting letters and recruited from, um, I also got uh, a lot of letters of, uh, if people don't know, I was a pretty good uh, soccer player also, uh, back in the day. So I was getting heavily recruited to play soccer at the same time. Um, I did get basketball letters too. Um, but you know, people don't remember that I actually played basketball too, but <laughs> actually did. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, um uh, but pretty much anywhere in the country, I, I, I could pretty much go to, um, I happen to choose, uh, uh, schools, um, back then too. You only know, you could do, I, I don't know what they do now, but, uh, you could only do five, five official yeah. visits. Um, yeah. It's that the same
0: be, now. Okay. It
1: might be the same norm now, but, um, um, uh, five official visits and I chose, uh, the University of Washington, I chose Iowa, I chose Nebraska, and I chose Miami, and I chose uh, South Carolina, I believe it was, um, uh, to do my visits. I only did four visits, um, you know, at that time, two. A lot of people, I don't know if they know, but you you go during, like, the season. So you go during basketball season to these visits. Um, So I was missing, you know, the games and stuff. You know, it's the senior year, you're trying to play, all that type of stuff, too. Uh, even though I was I was going, you know, for football and things like that, you still want to help your team and all those types of things. So um, uh, and I chose those schools just, you know, back then, again, uh, Washington was prominent, you know, like a number one, you know, the top five school. Uh, same with University of Miami. Same with Nebraska. Iowa was my home state. Um, you know, uh, South Carolina, I was actually going. Uh, for soccer and um, uh, football visit so uh, that's that's how I chose them
0: okay Uh, mm -hmm. how did you say no to like a school like you know you go down to Miami you got the beaches Mm -hmm. you got the weather and then you go out to (laughs) University of Washington Seattle's one of the coolest cities in the country you must have had that black and gold running through your blood to be able to turn that down
1: no, I mean like uh, again, like people that know me, I was never an Iowa fan growing up. Uh, I, was, I was a big uh, Notre Dame fan. Um, okay. And then you know, like uh, again, I'm from Midwest and from Iowa, Bettendorf. Um, so like Miami trip, that was the first time I ever been on a plane. Uh, again, like Miami is the first time I seen like the ocean and you know a Lamborghini and 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 you know, like in in real time, (laughs) all that type of stuff. is kind of like it was foreign to me. It's all the stuff you saw like in the movies, you know, Um, so it was was fast paced. I used to think like there's no chance I would ever go to school, you know, like class or whatever case if I went to Miami. Um, So that's why I ended up not going there. But uh, (laughs) yeah, Washington Washington was kind of like my top choice back then. I mean, it was just pretty and the mountains and. Uh, I just loved it there. Um, but um, at that same time, uh, back then, uh, Washington was kind of like an investigation. I think they went on probation that next year. Uh, so we're talking like 93 or 94, they went on probation. So that was kind of like um, a deterrent just a little bit from Washington. Um, you know, uh, Nebraska, uh, not against Nebraska or anything, but I, I believe like Nebraska is kind of like next to a cornfield. Like like the stadium was or whatever case, so um, I just ended up not not choosing uh, Nebraska. Um, I happened to choose Iowa. Uh, Back then, um, you could go like Iowa was one of the only schools that you could go to school in the summertime. Um, You know, like nowadays, kids graduate early and go and leave and and get there. Um, But I happened to have surgery my senior year. Um, uh, on my shoulder. So I was going to be red shirting anywhere, anywhere I went. Uh, but at Iowa, I could go to school early. Um, that summer I could start rehab and all this type of thing. So that's, that's a major reason why I chose Iowa too at that time.
0: And hopefully part of the reason, too, is that you're going to get the chance to play for legendary head coach Hayden Fry. Uh, Can you tell us what it was like to play for that guy? Because, you know, everything we've always seen from him over the years, he is an eccentric, you know, outgoing and just interesting individual. And that had to have been quite the experience playing for him.
1: Yeah, like Hayden was great, like storyteller, Um, had great stories. Obviously, a lot of coaches are just in people in general that, that have done that that type of profession for a long time. You, you, you run across a lot of great scenarios and situations and talking points. And just he had a great, always great stories to tell about, like, just coaching and players and, 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 uh, and staff and things like that. So he's always like a joke teller, always had, you know, positive vibe. And, and it was just always great to be around and, and hear those things happen all the time from him.
0: Uh, During your time there, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, they introduced the uh, banana peel jerseys like the ones I have behind me. And that really was before its time. Kind of shocked the world uh, back then. Very innovative, uh, made by Apex. Can you uh, tell everybody what the reaction was like as a player when they show you these things and you're like, what in the hell is that? Like that is a, such a way, like we said, a way before it's time type of Jersey. Did they do any sort of like unveiling like they do now? Or were they just like hanging in your lockers? How did that go?
1: Um, well, I mean, like again, like we are always say like we we were before you know oregon was doing it and all these schools that do it nowadays you know like i, I feel like Iowa was a trendsetter way back then doing this doing this stuff um it was you know a sediment you know it's 50 50 probably from the players because again that, that was the first inkling of uh that type of stuff happening you know some players loved it other players were just like All the tradition, you know, like the again, they're like wings or supposed to be wings, I believe, or something. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I thought it was cool, you know, uh, just to have different uniforms um, in that in that uh, time frame is just, you know, I thought it was awesome thing to do.
0: Yeah, they're seriously probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite jersey of all time. Uh, It definitely was um, something now that would be used more as an alternate because it's so flashy, and you know, Iowa is very much of a traditional. You know, the, the old school Steelers look. So, but I, they're they're very nostalgic and I just, I love looking at them.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. They're awesome.
0: I want to know about 1997, your game against Tulsa. Uh, you ran for over 300 yards against them. You, you shredded that golden hurricane, just tore them up. Can you tell us about how that happened? Was that like the, the, you know, football equivalent to being in the zone? Was the offensive line just opening up some gaping holes for you or were you just on your game that day and shredding them up
1: no i mean like in in football you can't really do anything like alone uh obviously because it's more of a it it takes all you know players and offense players or whatever it is whatever uh, position you're at to uh collaborate and and you know i I had to have blocking for offensive line and, and tight end and receivers downfield in order for me to run like like that um like on that day um or you know like any 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 day especially for a running back um there's just just so much a little that you can do on your own um so it's definitely a, a very you know like team oriented and and that's how i got you know like especially that day a lot of those a lot of those yards
0: all right that was uh anybody that hasn't seen the highlights from that it's a, it's a pretty interesting game. You, you shredded those guys up. Um, back in 97, uh, your name was consistently mentioned, too, with Tim Dwight a lot in the Heisman race. Do you feel like with both of you guys being on the same team, um, being pretty much skill position players, that that was a negative effect? And uh, what was it like having your name mentioned uh, among all the greats of the game?
1: Um, I mean, for, for me, you know, like uh, people within Iowa um, are, are the university are our team. They knew what I what I was capable of. Um, and, you know, pretty much people in the Big Ten that have seen me play, you know, all the previous years, you know, behind Hed- Cedric Shaw and stuff. So it wasn't a shock or anything like that. The people that, that know, you know, my, my capability or, you know, people from Bettendorf or, you know, the Quad Cities and stuff like that. So it wasn't. Wasn't anything shocking to them, um, you know. And at the beginning of the season, you know, like Tim was doing well, you know, like previously and and up for the Heisman and things like that. So they're they were kind of like pushing, you know, I would say like the University of Iowa. They were pushing Tim's narrative, I would say, for the Heisman Trophy at the beginning of the season. And then, um, you know, like I just came out like game busters there uh, at the beginning, and then you know they they you know basically just couldn't deny <laughs> that was my. Uh, uh um, you know like playing ability or whatever the case uh and able to get you know um votes or whatever the case may be um going forward for that season um but you know it, it's always tough you know like again like when you have two uh players and especially you know for us me and tim uh, from iowa also on top of it um it's just great you know um i don't i don't think it's been you know ever done like that or whatever case before um, but, you know, like it, it was just great to be a part of um, me and Tim are still great friends this day. Um, you know, just, just two kids from Iowa just, just, you know, like did great thing and, and we're there at the university, too. All
0: right. So I, I want to know back then when you guys are both at Iowa and today, uh, more specifically today, if you guys were to line up and do a 40 yard dash, who would win between you and old Timmy Dwight? <laughs>
1: Well, Tim's in way better shape than I am. I I'll, I'll say he's he's still like he's probably like under his playing weight. I'm 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 terrible over my playing weight right now. So <laughs> so I I'll, I'll definitely put my money on Tim right now. So uh but wow. but both, both like battered and bruised. I got two terrible knees and an ankle I'm dealing with, you know, it's getting uh Getting uh, harder to get out of, you know, like bed in, in a certain, you know, <laughs> time frame. It's, it, you know, like those types. Of, it's, it's aching, you know. Uh, can't walk around like it used to anymore. So, you know, like I'm, I'm starting to work on, you know, like those aspects and PT and things like that. Okay. nowadays, Like going forward, uh, I know Tim deals with some issues still, like to this day. Um, he's he's got some, you know, like a hip, bad hip, and you know, just just aches and pains. Um, going going forward, so definitely. You know, all those years and things like that of playing stuff definitely took a toll. So we're definitely playing uh, it now in our, in our older age.
0: It's sure. hell getting old, isn't it?
1: Ah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs>
0: you feel something new every day. It's just like, yeah, it man, as soon as you're really out of the woods on something, then all of a sudden a new problem creeps around. And you're like, yeah. I just got better from this. So now I got something That's, else going on.
1: Absolutely. It happens. Oh. I, I just, I keep shaking my head on it.
0: Um, I talked to you about this uh, real briefly earlier. Um, Do you remember any funny or interesting locker room practice stories that the average fan wouldn't have been, uh, you know, privy to and and able to see where you just kind of look back and you're like, okay, this is not normal. This is insane. Anything (laughs) like that that kind of comes to mind?
1: Well, uh, you know, there's probably 98% that I cannot share, like, on (laughs) camera. <laughs> that happened um you can share it with that's, us <laughs> that's the the beauty of like sports and camaraderie and and being on a team um that's that's if you talk to anybody former players or anything like that that's been part of or something for a while um that's that that's what you mostly miss. you miss you know like the bus rides or the or the airplane or just the stuff that happens in the locker room all the time. Um, but I mean it's literally like a daily thing you know that that happens uh somebody said this or you know this happened in practice then it carried over to the locker room I mean there's just just a ton of stories and things like that that happen all all the time you know so I, I mean there's no way I could – I mean the Gosh, how long that you know all the years that i played and everything like that there's a million stories there's a million things that have happened um and again 98 percent i can't share because it's, it's it's probably not appropriate to, uh, <laughs> to do so
0: hey this is uh this is an unrated broadcast we don't have any fcc guidelines or anything like that so if you wanted you could tell us anything we're not going to force you but I, from what it sounds like, me, you might need to write a book or something like that to share some of these stories because I'm they sound pretty great.
1: Oh man, I'm telling you, like me and my my buddies, we we talk about that stuff all the time. I'm telling you, if we if we were to write a tell all book of of experience from just, I mean, like even our college college days, I mean, it would be a number one bestseller. I'm telling you, uh, I mean, just. Off the field, to you know, playing to classroom, to I mean, just it, un, un, the untold f- stories that people don't have no idea that happen or happens. <laughs> if you ever decide that no you want to wanna... sell it.
0: If you ever decide you want to tell any of these, you got my contact information. So we're going to have you back on. If you're like, okay, I could probably tell this one. I wouldn't get in any trouble or getting anyone any trouble. You let me know because we'd love to hear them. They, they sound like they're pretty good. Uh, I, 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 we, I want to know a little bit about your, uh, process going into the NFL draft. Uh, going into, I believe it they were an expansion franchise at that time, just in their infancy, the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, a fourth round pick. Can you uh, let everybody know, what was it like going through the draft process and eventually finding out that uh, you were getting picked up by a team?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, for you guys, it was kind of tough for me. Um, you know, like I was supposed to be a number one, uh, first round, like draft pick and stuff. So I I sat around all day, you know, back then, you know, there was a two, two, you know, like two days of the draft. So the first, whatever, first three rounds were on Saturday and then the next, whatever rounds, uh, well, four through seven were on Sunday. So literally sat around all day on Saturday, waiting to get drafted and things. So it was terrible, terrible experience for that. But, (laughs) um, um. But it's just, you know, like I always wanted the opportunity to just be able to play, you know, like an NFL. Yeah. Yeah. You would hope that, you know, like I went higher and things like that. But I always felt like if if you get the opportunity, then you're going to be able to do what you do. Um, I always just knew, you know, like once I got there, I'll I'll just be able to they wouldn't be able to deny me anything or deny my talent or my playing ability so that's all you can just hope for and then everything else will just work itself out you know um unfortunately for myself you know i had a career ending injury so i didn't have you know like the nfl career that i was hoping that i was going to be having but you know uh, sometimes just in in other players cards or it just wasn't in mind for that
0: yeah. Well, uh, one thing I thought was interesting, too, is later on, um, you ended up being, uh, I believe it was an uh, assistant running backs coach at Louisville under Bobby Petrino. Um, tell me about that experience. And then with Bobby kind of taking off and going to the NFL, um, getting himself into a little bit of trouble. What what was it like coaching under uh, Coach Petrino? And then why? um wh- how come you didn't stick with coaching? Because it looked like at that point you were going to be working your way into the college coaching profession.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I again, like I knew Coach Petrino way before he was big time, you know, like college coach. Uh he was quarterback coach in Jacksonville. Uh, okay. when I was there, uh drafted and stuff like that. So I knew him way before that. Um but, you know, like uh, it, I mean, to be honest with you, it just um um it left a bad taste in my mouth what happened at, when I was at Louisville. Um meaning Coach Petrino left literally in a cloud of smoke, just, you know, left the program, went to the NFL. Um, you know, at that time, we literally were, I mean, we we're really good at Louisville. Um, like the next year we we're supposed to be even better. Um, you know, coach, Petrino, we had a meeting uh, literally like, let's, you know, we're going to win national championship next year. Uh, we had a lot of players coming back, you know, all, all those types of things were happening. Um, we literally, Uh, I'm I'm telling you, had a meeting before, I think it was uh, uh, the coaches' convention um, where Coach Petrino was was telling everybody this and go down to represent, you know, University of Louisville at the coaches' convention, you know, great, stuff like that. But literally a lot of guys we found out on the plane as we got off that Coach Petrino accepted, you know, or was leaving and was going to Atlanta. (laughs) So we had guys uh, get on the plane, like coaching staff and stuff, get on the plane and fly back to Louisville and not even attend uh, the coaches convention. Uh, Cause they just found that out. So, and uh, a lot of people don't probably don't know, but you don't know if you have a job, you don't know if uh, coach patron trying to take you with him, you know, any of that stuff happens. So it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, again, with coaching, you just never know. Um, I, I didn't want to be, Like in Wyoming for a year and then, you know, New Mexico State for three years and then, uh, you know, Florida for one year. So it's just, you know, uh, uh, some people fine and stuff, but, you know, with family and things like that, you just, you know, it's tough and and nothing against it. It's a great profession and things like that, but it's just, you know, sometimes it's just not for everybody.
0: What were your thoughts when the things went down um when you know it, it seems like he's got a track record of when he leaves somewhere he just packs his bags overnight and just bails um when he went to ark he went to the falcons and he just left notes in the players lockers like hey peace i'm out like you know like i see you later and the players were like what the hell like he left during the season like they weren't even done yet and took the job at arkansas and then I can't remember was, was it was after like his first season he'd gotten that motorcycle accident with um the secretary that he had been having extra marital affairs with uh what was your thought process knowing the guy and having coached with him when all that stuff transpired
1: uh I mean again uh coach Petrino is a great great offensive mind um but you can't take that away from him and in, in coaching um he got his players to play and things like that too so if, you know, don't don't take away his, his genius of being a football coach and everything like that. Uh, some of these guys, um, you know, like they, they get uh, a, a very big eagles. And, you know, like they're they're the biggest deal in in town um, a lot of times and a lot of times in the state. Um, so a lot of these guys, you know, like they, they think that, you know, sometimes they, they get too big of ego. The they think they walk on water and they don't realize until like it, it – stuff happens that it's not the case Um, uh, because a lot of them they sit up on that pedestal for a very long time um, and they forget that you know like what you know what they're supposed to be doing all the time and and how they got there um, until they get knocked off a little bit you know (laughs) so that's um, a good point it does happen it's just you know sometimes it's just society and you know uh, guys you know they learn from it hopefully and then make them better in the end
0: one thing I was surprised about was um, with the way that he left and Louisville brought him back again. And I thought at that point, okay, this guy knows how to win at Louisville. Um, he's going to turn it back around again and get it going. And he just was never able to recapture that same magic there and get things going. So I, I was surprised by that. I did not expect um, him to not succeed the second, the second time around there. Um, what do you, from your outside perspective and your expertise, um, do you have any sort of opinion why he wasn't able to recapture that magic the second time around at Louisville?
1: Yep. Um, so it, it it was going in and out a little bit, but you're uh, asking about Coach Petrino the second time around, uh, why he probably wasn't successful um, as yes, was correct the first time around. So like, yep. So the second time again, like um, he you know pretty much like burned a lot of bridges with the stuff that happened, meaning like he left Louisville you know he left um um uh the NFL the way he did uh whatever happened to him you know in arkansas so people and kids and families and stuff they're looking around at that type of stuff and then you know if you, if you go to Louisville you know like there's no telling what what he might do like he he could he could be telling you that yes yeah, so I'll be here your whole whole four years if you're a recruit or something like that but his track record shows that um, he might he might do something else. So that's going to mm-hmm. deter a lot of families. Going to deter a lot of recruits uh, from coming to you know play for him in a sense.
0: Uh, that's a really and great I mean, that, point. That pretty
1: much goes for a, that goes to a, you know that pretty much goes for a lot of coaches that that are similar like to what uh, Coach Petrino you know has, has done.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if we want, we want to look over to the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, we have the picture of stability in coach Fans, um, who's been the coach 20 plus years at the university of Iowa and really built, you know, the picture of stability for a football program, which is great. Cause you know, these kids are coming in as a high school recruit. They know coach is going to be there. They know that, you know, what, if we have a slip up and have a bad year, the school's not going to turn on him. You know, they're going to stick with him and stay consistent. And coach has enough character that, you know, if he's going to deciding he's going to leave, he's the type of person he's going to lay that groundwork and take care of the people that are that are there that have done a lot for him. Uh, How connected are you to um, the current program and coach Ferentz or anyone there? Do you ever make it back for games or any sort of like honorary team captain in your future?
1: Yeah, um, gosh, it's, it's probably been like, uh, because I was back living in Illinois at that time, um, so it's probably been like eight years now already. God, I'm, I'm getting old, uh, <laughs> to where I was honorary captain. Uh, wow, you know, I think it was eight years ago. Uh, now, already, and yes, Coach Ferens is still coaching, right? Um, <laughs> but I, I don't, uh, I don't get back too often. You know, I got, uh, kids and family and stuff like that. It's hard to, uh, uh. Uh, I don't know, like justify getting away. Um, um, kids got activities and things like that going on, so I, I really haven't been. I haven't been back, back since I've been here back in Iowa and things like that. Um, but you know, I would do watch them on TV. You know, I'm a, I'm a proud alumni. I would say um, <laughs> so. Uh, definitely, you know, like still rooting for them and hope hope they always do well. You know.
0: Can you, uh, tell us a little bit about your family, personal life, what you got going on right now? I know you said, you know, you have kids, you're an executive director for the YMCA there in Des Moines. Um, how's life going for Tavian Banks right now?
1: That's good. You know, like you can't complain, y'all. You know, I'm above ground, um, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, being able to, uh, you know, pay my bills and, and have a life, um, a good life here in, in Iowa, um. You know, like uh, there's a lot of other people that are hurting way, way more than I would ever, you know, dream of and stuff like that. So there's no, no complaints on, you know, what I'm doing or anything like that at all. You know, I'm very uh, fortunate. I'm very fortunate to to have um, the life that I do. I'm very fortunate that I was, I was able to play a professional sport. Um, very fortunate to to be able to um, have a, a scholarship to go to the University of Iowa. Um, so I, I mean, i was very, you know, it's been been a good life. Um, for me, you know, like in my my, you know, one of my forty seven now, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have too many too many complaints uh, to 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 gripe about.
0: Hey, it's a two way street. We were pretty fortunate to have you and be able to watch you play for for those years. It was a it was an awesome experience, and um, we just you know can't thank you enough for all the great years and all all the contributions that you've given to um, Iowa Hawkeye football and. Um, just get, being able to see you now and see you know how happy and healthy you are and how how well you're doing is pretty great and I'm, I'm sure Hawkeye fans are going to be really excited to see that. So um, just wanted to thank you for taking time to come on Nebraska Hawks Nest and you know catch us up on how one of the best running backs in Iowa football history is doing right now.
1: Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. You got to change the name. Maybe you should say like Hawks uh, in that other school. <laughs> oh in that other state
0: <laughs> see that's what we do here that's what we do here like some of us are involuntarily have to live here and so what we're doing is we're spreading the black and gold gospel and converting fans and connecting existing fans to know that you know there we're we're building a hawkeye oasis in the nebraska
1: desert so right yeah i know yeah i hope i hope uh you know coach does well over there uh, you know uh, Scott Frost. You know he's a phenomenal coach. I, I don't know. You know, like why. You know why it's not happening for him as soon as you know it should be for him. But you know, it's phenomenal coach. And you know, I hope he. I hope he does well over there. Though.
0: Yeah, he's he a great coach. I don't think they could have hired somebody better. And you know, being patient as a college football fan, those two things don't really go together: patience and college football. But. I you know if you if you can win there, I think he's going to be the guy. He's a he's a great coach, and you know hopefully he can he can Absolutely. bring them back up and just not good enough to beat the Hawkeyes.
1: No, no, not at all. <laughs> no.
0: All right, Tavian. Well, thank you so much for taking time to uh, catch up with us and uh, finding out what's going on with you. And we we always end it with the Go Hawks.
1: All right, Go Hawks.
0: All right, thanks, man. Have a great weekend.
1: Thank you. You too.